Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is David Bernstein, and this is my partner in thought crime, Brandy Shafatinsky. Say hi, Brandy. Hi. Hi, everyone. Hey, David. So this is the episode two of the Jewish Contrarians podcast, where two rank Jewish contrarians engage in wanton thought crimes and really with utter impunity. Um, so let's do this, Brandy. Um, so we're going to be talking about a very third railish issue, which is should Jews of color be a separate category? So I can imagine just the sort of angst around the title of this and, you know, and the dismissal and everything else. But I think be before we do that, I just want to sort of defend the purpose of this discussion because it's it's important and people don't talk about these things. First of all, when when one when one talks about an identity category like this, it doesn't mean that individuals shouldn't feel free to identify any way that they want, right? Individuals are free to define themselves however they like. Um, what we are questioning is to what degree a identity category should be prioritized or recognized by society or by, in this case, Jewish society. Um, that's what we're talking about. And this is the kind of thing that takes this is discussed all the time in various contexts, if you think about it. So I have Indian Hindu friends who do not like to be called South Asians, which lumps them together with Pakistani Amer Americans and others. They, they don't feel that that serves their purpose and that it leads to a very different political agenda than they would like. Um, a friend of mine the other day was talking to a, um, a Chinese American legislator who told him that she did not like the, the AAPI, the Asian American Pacific Islander, the API uh, nomenclature, uh, because she, I'm a Chinese American. She did not want to be lumped in under that identity category. And we've seen this over and over again. Um, an, an one Chinese American friend was put into an Asian affinity group with an Iranian woman and, and really said, this didn't make any sense to me. We weren't, we were, there's nothing categorically linking us together other than sort of a, a very large continent. So uh, so people do question these things. Um, my namesake, David E. Bernstein, wrote a book called Classified recently. We had him on a live stream. Brandy interviewed him. And he talks about how arbitrary some of these categories can be. Um, and recently there was this discussion about Cambodian Americans who might be very, on average, are probably pretty poor, but are lumped in with a, the Asian American category and therefore get no, they, they get they get no support in under like affirmative action or what have you because they're lumped in with, with Asian Americans, even though they are ethnically distinct in many ways. So again, do these, do these categories, these ethnic categories and definitions serve their, our purposes or don't they? And I think that's what we're doing today. We're discussing something. And I think we got a lot of street cred here. Like, you know, Brandy, you're a black American woman. I'm a 50% Middle Eastern Jew. So I think we got some street cred here to have this conversation. We should be able to have it anyway, but we have added street cred, which is a good thing. Um, so I want to ask you, Brandy, like when, when it, how, who's covered under Jews of color? Like what, what, what does the category cover and who doesn't it cover? I think it depends who you ask, in all honesty. I think it, it depends um, in, in what context people are using the of color uh, phrase to define to define people and, and to kind of break them up. I, I think, I, I mean, I can guess kind of where it came about as far as um, intermarriages, where you have 
have now kids who have one parent who's um, Jewish and one parent who's who is bo not born Jewish, perhaps converted Jewish. And so it's I think that that's created its own category, a newer category, especially here in the U.S. of um, Jewish people who also have felt marginalized, not recognized um, within the Jewish community as being Jews. And so I think that that's perhaps, you know, where where this term was uh, born out of. But on a global scale, as far as Jewish peoplehood, hood, who's considered a Jew of color, I think that that's kind of the million dollar question. Yeah. Well, according to the various demographic studies that have been done, it's Black Americans, Asian Americans, and Latino American Jews. Those are the three. And that sort of comports with how, how we tend to see various protected uh, ethnic classes in America anyway. Of course, you could expand that some, I'm sure. But those are the three that are genuinely included. Who's not included, actually, are Jews from Middle Eastern countries. And I've never gotten a straight answer as to why, but my theory is that that there's a general acknowledgement that Jews from Middle Eastern countries really don't want to be considered Jews of color. It's not how they define themselves. They define themselves maybe as a Mizrahi Jew or a Sephardic Jew, but they're not likely to see themselves. And it may be because the nomenclature itself sort of invokes this category of anti-racism that most American Jew, most Jews from those countries are likely to be almost put off by. Do you have any thoughts on that? Maybe, but I mean, I, ha I have seen some organizations include uh, Mizrahi and Sephardic Jews in their Jews of color category. And I've seen others, like you said, that, that don't. So that's what, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that, um, I haven't seen a clear cut answer in who's included in those categories, because just like somebody may want to refer to themselves as a Mizrahi Jew, well, somebody can also want to refer to themselves as an Asian Jew. Right. So a, a, a few years ago, it was actually May 2020, there was a big controversy around this. Um, two Jewish demographers, Ira Shaskin and Arnold Dushevsky, wrote an opinion piece for E-Jewish Philanthropy saying that there that that a, another study that was done by the Jews of Color initiative, initiative that was commissioned by them was 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 inflated that this this study said that there was 12 to 15% Jews of color in America and um and Iron Arnold said there was no basis for that the last Pew survey which was done in 2013 had it at 6% and there was just no basis for saying that there were 12 to 15% and for that they got roundly condemned by a lot of progressive Jews. There was a petition drive of, signed by 2,500 progressive Jews, many of them pretty significant names. Um, also, the head of the reform movement condemned them for white intellectualism. I mean, and I and I was pressured at that time to join it. And so um, I was not. I, I so in, in, and under those terms, both used by Arnold and Ira and the Jews of Color Initiative, they defined it as those three ethnic groups. So, um, so that's what, so that's what I've been going on. Um, and I've never heard Mizrahi Jews or others. And it also, I'm also fascinated by the inclusion of Jews from Latin America or Latino Jews. I one time had, um, said to a group of Latino Jews or Latin American Jews in Miami, I used the term Latino Jews, and I was immediately called on the carpet for it. And they said, we go by Latin American Jews. Most of them are Ashkenazic Jews. Um, they come from their families come from Europe, and yet they're somehow lumped in with the, the the Latino category under Jews of color. So that feels a little bit strange and and I don't know inauthentic to me. What do you think? 
I mean, I think it again. This is this is where the term the the of color term can get a little bit confusing because if you're talking about culturally, well, someone whose family has for generations lived in Latin America have probably taken on Latin American culture and language and in 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 such. So does that is that does that make someone of color? I think that's a little bit why the the term gets gets a little bit confusing. And I see the the comment that um. Dr. Tanny made about JVP, including Mizrahi in their Jews of color category because of a specific uh, political agenda and kind of wanting to make this wedge between the, the Jewish nation of people um, by, by being able to paint Ashkenazi Jews uh, as white or beneficiaries of white, white uh, supremacy culture. Right. So one of the problems I have with the term is it seems to invoke the traditional anti-racism DEI framework for understanding Jewish diversity. And you wrote a piece in the Jewish Journal some months ago, basically challenging that idea, that, that notion of Jewish diversity. Um, you, uh, you, used it to, you said that American-centric colorism was not the right framework for understanding Jewish diversity. Could you sort of flesh that out for us? Sure. So, I mean, arguably, Jewish people are the most diverse people, nation of people on the planet. Um, because of exile, because of, of being sent to the four corners and exiled out of the land in which the Jewish people originate. Uh, so there, um, you know, one of my sons always said, says like, there is a way to look Jewish, but there's not a way to not look Jewish because Jewish people are, live amongst every, you know, on every habitable continent on, on the planet. I think that then applying a relatively new color-based um, idea of race on a very, very old people doesn't really match up. And that's kind of the conversation we're having. That being said, I understand it in the context of what happens here in the United States um, and the experiences of people here, given demographics. I, I get where it makes sense. I think that the, the challenge is, is to question whether it makes sense to kind of stay in that paradigm or to, or to, to um, kind of counter it and push against it. Yeah. So one of my critiques, and I'm doing a lot of the critiquing here, so you might have to help me out here. One of my critiques is that this, that the, the Jew of color construct can actually shrink how we think about diversity. And I think this is what you were saying before, but in a very real way. So you have Jews from the former Soviet Union. You're married to one. You have kids who have that background as well. Um, the Jews from the former Soviet Union who are among the most traumatized American Jews. They come from societies very often where they were very oppressed by their society. And then they come into America and they're told that they derive privilege from their whiteness or whatever. It reminds them immediately of the ideology, the totalitarian ideology that they grew up with. So, you know, overwhelmingly they reject it. And in a way, so here Jewish organizations say, okay, we're going to have to include Jews of color because we've been an exclusive sort of organi uh, you know, organization or synagogue or what have you. So let's bring in DEI and help people learn how to think about Jews of color and include them. And then in so doing, they do it in a way that's fundamentally alienating to Jews from the former Soviet Union, Persian Jews, other Jews from the Arab world and the like. Wh what do you think about that? Am I, am I right about that? I, th I think that there, yeah, there's something to be said for that with that. So the idea that that the the, the category Jews of color has to be tied to some form of oppression, I think, is, is flawed in itself. 
So because Jews from the former Soviet Union obviously suffered under horrendous oppression and horrendous conditions simply for, uh, based on the fact that, they're, that they are Jewish, it doesn't mean that, that, that they automatically get to be put to me in this oppressed category of Jews of color. It's not, it's not that that I take as much issue with as I do that it's really color-based. And color-based definitions of race don't really fit um, outside of the context of the United States. When I say white, I mean European descent, like European indigenous Europeans. So people that are French by blood, people that are English by blood, not nationality. And so to say that there, so so my 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 um, kind of the, the bone I have to pick with the term is that it doesn't really reflect people's heritage. When I say black, it's shorthand for somebody descended from black Africans. It's it's not a color. So right. you have Ashkenazi Jews that are very that are very dark, very brown, very dark hair, very dark eyes, very dark features, but wouldn't be categorized as of color because they are from an Ashkenazi from Europe uh, descent. They're part of the European diaspora. And you, just like you have Mizrahi or Sephardic Jews who are very fair skinned, light eyes, light hair, who would be considered of color because they come from a diaspora rooted in, in the Middle East. And that's where to me, it doesn't line up. Yeah. But you know, just to be, to clarify a bit, I'm not saying that Jews from the former Soviet Union should be classified as Jews of color. I'm saying that the prominence of the Jews of color category crowds out our thinking about other forms of diversity in our midst. We think of we think diversity and we immediately jump to these American based diversity categories and, you know, to, to black, Latino, Asian. And we forget about these other Jews who don't fall under that rubric of Jews of color who are who need to be included as well. In fact, we may do be under doing things that actually that actually alienate them. So I'm not I so I, that's what I'm questioning is the category for is it the right category for the Jewish community to sort of fixate on or or does it get us off thinking about a broader form of diversity? I think that we have to do two things at once here. I think that we have to acknowledge that in 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 the United States there have been plenty of times that people that aren't Ashkenazi uh, Jews go into American Jewish spaces and feel othered and different. And we also have to accept that that's because we are. The norm as far as who came here to the United States came from one specific diaspora experience by and large. That doesn't mean, but but there's there's a, a difference from in somebody asking, oh, where are you from? Where are your people from? And somebody saying, you can't be Jewish because you're Black. Those are two different ideas that I think that this whole Jews of color movement has tried to like put together like they're one issue and one problem and, and they're not. Being made to feel that you're not welcome because of your outward appearance is a horrible feeling. And, I, and I've experienced it multiple times and I'm sure I will continue to in the United States, in Jewish communities in the United States. There are also plenty of times that I haven't, especially in Israel. And I think that the the... My, my question is, what is the Jews of color category trying to do? Is it trying to make spaces more open? Is it trying to honor Jewish diversity? Or is it trying to squeeze the, the Jewish people who are so diverse and so old into something that's a new color-based American-centric concept of race? Right. You know, growing up in a uh, half Sephardic household and, you know, with a grandmother who spoke Arabic in my house and I spoke Arabic to her. So we were we were a very Sephardic Mizrahi household. You know, I also felt some 
degree of alienation from Ashkenazi normative Jewish life. Like it, like, you know, why are you talking about corned beef as if, if that's the only Jewish food or, you know, Ashkenazic Jewish humor as if that's as if that's the only Jewish humor. Like I felt like it was a there was a sort of a narrow definition of who the Jewish people were. And there was not a lot of awareness that there could be other Jews who were part of the Jewish people who uh, who didn't fit into that sort of Ashkenazic cultural framework. So I think there is an important corrective here um, in the Jewish community. Like, I don't think we've been maximally inclusive. I, I the, the idea that a black Jewish person could walk into a synagogue and be and be told that they're like the help. I mean, just when I heard that the first time, I think it took my breath away. And I completely understand how that could be profoundly alienating. And that needs to be addressed in our spaces. Like people need to be trained. Don't do that. Don't assume that. That's horrible. You just made somebody feel terrible. So I um, so I do think that there's there's there are fixes in order. But I'm just wondering if these are the right fixes. Um, and, um, and I guess, you know, look, I mean... Um, you know, what what are, you, what are your thoughts? Like, uh, so is your position then, just based on what you said last, that we should keep the Jew of color concept? I guess this is the big reveal now. I don't know. You should we should keep the Jewish color concept and also expand the frontiers of diverse thinking, or do you think we should replace the Jews of color concept with something else that that bespeaks diversity? I mean, I, I will say this. I will refer to an individual how they wish to be referred. I don't yeah, have, have any issue with that. I think that um, it's I think that it's a mistake to fit the Jewish people into an American centric idea of race. I think that it doesn't work. I'm not I, I don't um, use a Jew of color to describe myself. I describe myself all the time as a black Jewish woman, because that's what I am. I don't like, I think that when we start going down the road of American centric ideas on race and try to put that on Jewish people, if there are Jews of color, then does that mean they're white Jews? And to me, again, I'll refer to people however they wish, but I fundamentally reject that, that idea. I don't, I, I think that that is not, um, I think that that's actually dangerous to start make, putting those categories on Jewish people, because once you start claiming that there are white Jews, that leads into so Jews benefit from white supremacy culture when Jews, in fact, are the number one target of white supremacists. And I think that right. that, that is a, a dangerous um, road to go down, and I don't think it's necessary. Am I, am I all about expanding Jewish diversity? 100%. Do I think that we've done enough of it in, in the United States? Not even a little bit. I think that there are so many ways that we can improve on, on um, educating about Jewish diversity. But I think, and I think that the fundamental problem is that in America, the Jewish community have taken on and, and adopted and internalized American views on race, even if they don't, even if people don't really think about it. And what that does is it means when I go into a synagogue, I'm seen as she can't be Jewish because she's black. Right, right. And I think that that's the fundamental problem. Right. Yes. I'm remembering the whole controversy with Whoopi Goldberg. What is it? A year ago, probably now, where she characterized the Holocaust as white on white crime. And what what what's leave aside whatever the anti-Semitic connotations of that for a second. What it, what it really drove home for me was that she believed that the American concept of race or colorization or I'm not sure I'm characterizing right is was must be always the case everywhere else. So in other words, if she views 
white Jews as white or Ashkenazic Jews as white or the American Jewish community as white, that means that the Nazis must have seen them as white too. When, of course, the Nazis saw Jews as being a completely different race that needed to be eradicated. So, so we don't sometimes, we're not always aware of how much our homegrown view of race is a homegrown view of race. And uh, it doesn't apply in different contexts. And I guess that's why if I had my druthers and Kuwaver magic wand, I think I would work to create some other form of some other nomenclature for describing Jewish diversity. Um, and I wouldn't use the Jews of color nomenclature. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to make a big argument over it. I'm certainly going to not going to, you know, question anybody who decides to do that. People should identify the way that they want to identify. So I'm not, I'm not claiming that, but I don't, I don't know it's the best we can do in terms of describing Jewish diversity in America. Um, and it also, I worry it ingrains in us the anti-racism framework that I don't think is good for American Jews. It makes us think, like you said, in terms of white supremacy culture. And so you see various Jewish denominations, for example, doing training of their rabbis and cantors and talking about disrupting daily acts of whiteness, um, which I think is extreme and, and absurd. And it actually foments anti-Semitism. I agree. I mean, and it's, it's, it's uh, historically inaccurate. So I mean the 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 level of ridiculousness to to that is is extremely high, and I think the danger in it again is adopting an ideology that if you're actually pushing back against racism and bigotry and anti-Semitism, you should be pushing back against the ideology, and in engaging in it in that way actually elevates it. I don't. I've I've, I've seen those trainings. I I can't. I'm in disbelief that that any any um, segment of the American Jewish population would engage in something like that. That's so dangerous for the Jewish people as a whole. Yeah, I think it's irresponsible. Couldn't agree with you more. We're going to have to raise a lot more awareness of the dangers that we have, because I think that's that's a trap that too many people are falling into. So we've considered this a sacred cow free zone. Um, that is that we're willing to touch upon the sacred cows in the Jewish community. We're willing to talk about the issues that a lot of organizations or a lot of groups won't talk about. And I think what we're trying to do here is model how a thoughtful conversation could be had. I mean, we could have had different people who disagree with us, but still be in a constructive discussion about it. Um, and, um, and so what I want to do here is, and uh, what we're trying to do here in this Jewish Contrarians podcast is among other things, is just model how you can you can dive into sensitive issues in a thoughtful way it doesn't mean that you're going to take the most extreme view like we're going to be you know Jews of color abolitionists you know we're, we're or that we're if someone calls themselves the Jews of color we're going to be we're going to deny them of that self-identity no of course that's that's mean-spirited and shows a complete lack of grace we're but we're but we are going to talk about the issue um without without fear without fear of being punished um, without fear of cancellation, if you will, without regard to the censorious culture that has taken place in our community. Any last thoughts, Brandy? No, I mean, I. this is I how I want to engage in these conversations. I accept the fact that I could be wrong. Yep. And if, if I am and someone has a different opinion, I would love for them to share it. I mean, that that's perfectly fine. I think that if we all kind of accept the fact that not only we could be wrong, but that someone else also may be right, even if just a little bit, then, then that's how we move discussions forward. Yeah, a lot of Redstone, who's a professor of sociology at 
University of Illinois and also heads up the Mill Center, which is a free speech center, uh, uh, had a piece in Tablet Magazine this this last week, which which said that that really the problem on college campuses and everywhere else is not wokeism. So this could be a critique of how I characterize things, but rather certainty. We have a certainty issue. And I think that that's re it's really important to overcome that. I've had some conversations recently with Jewish professionals, and um, in some of the questions, I, I heard that air of certainty about the role that systemic racism plays in discrimination. And it's not that I'm saying there's no systemic racism that describes why there's disparity. It's just that it's not enough just to assert that's the case with such complete certainty that you know that's the only and sole legitimate reason for describing what's going on then you miss things then you then you don't acknowledge that you could be wrong and and then you don't even solve the problems in the right way because you actually haven't diagnosed them because you've walled yourself off from any possible critique of your thinking so that's the kind of spirit i think we're trying to embody here is that you can have these conversations um and we're going to try to help model that the best we can. I hope others will as well. So with that, it's uh, 25 after. I think that's a that's that's a, uh, a wrap. And Shabbat Shalom, everybody. And uh, till next week. Yeah, Shabbat Shalom.